You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Hello there and welcome to A Step Further. I'm Derek Hughes, the videographer here at Kingsway Christian Church, filling in for Andy. And I am pleased to be joined today with Eric Cooper, the president of The Stone Table. He spoke this past Sunday here at Kingsway, so if you haven't listened, Go back and check out our podcast app or look at our website for this past Sunday's sermon, and you can get a gauge of what Eric talked about, but welcome. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate being here. Yeah. So we just set through your message, and one of the first things you said, but also kind of stood out to me was, is there any value or any eternal value to my day job? Yeah. Can you, what do you mean by that? You kind of just mentioned it, but you didn't go yeah, yeah. into it. Yeah. Yeah. These are some of the questions that we wrestle with more deeply, you know, and some of the work that we do. Um, but I, I think without, without uh, waxing eloquence for another 40 minutes here, you know, I think the, the, the thing that we struggle with the most is, un, is understanding the full reality of the gospel and its implications. And so when I say, is there any eternal value to our everyday work? Most of us see what we do here, you know, what, whatever our job is, I'm an accountant or I'm a barista at a local coffee shop or, you know, I, I uh, build houses. We see that as kind of just our, our temporary triage uh, job while we're hanging out here uh, on earth. Um, but really, if you zoom out and look at the full narrative of the gospel, creation, fall, redemption, restoration, that we were actually created to work and keep God's creation. The, the beginning of Genesis 2 uh, all the way up to, to um Verse 15 is really where it culminates that God placed us here on earth to work and keep his creation. And so I think sometimes we we need to zoom out and look again at the eternal story that God has been telling since the beginning of time, where this started, where it's going, and understand that even the mundane reality of our everyday work is actually part of God's ongoing work in the world. And so I think that's what we mean and what we're talking about when we say, is there any eternal value to my everyday work? Does my work have any anything to do with God's work in the world? And the answer, according to scripture, is a resounding yes. And one of the next things you mentioned was, how does my everyday work have anything to do with God's mission? So how does that partnership work with God and what we do daily nine to five right. on the weekends. Yeah. If, if you look uh, again, I'm going to talk kind of in big uh, ethereal terms here for just a second. But, you know, if you look at, at, at scripture, God made a garden. He, he made raw materials. Uh, he did not make uh, civilizations and full cultures. He didn't make streets and, and towns and he didn't do city planning and, and all of those things. Right. He made the raw materials because our job as image bearers, as vice regents, we would say, or as reflectors of God and who he is, is to partner with him and walk with him in the ongoing care and cultivation of his world. And we can do that in a thousand different ways by adding value to, uh, to other people through the everyday work of our hands. So whether you're a stay at home parent or, you know, you're a, you're a brain surgeon, right? Um, some jobs maybe are a little easier to connect than, than others, but I think we have to understand that God had set something in motion here and he wants us to be a part of it. He wants us to partner with him in taking the raw materials and the things that he created here and uh, continuing to cultivate and to nurture and uh, to move forward, to add value, to give glory to him, to, to add value to the lives of those around us. And so that's, that's really what we're talking about when we say that we can partner with God. And I think if we can reimagine our everyday work as a partnership with God and something he's doing in a way he is 
engaging his world and touching the lives of other people, then even the simplest of jobs can somehow find some purpose. You mentioned the sec- sacred-secular divide, kind of a di- division amongst our lives. What goes along with that? Like, what, Can you expand on that? Like, What did you mean by that topic? Sure. Yeah, I think we inherently do that, right? I mean, one of the stories I, you know, I, I love to tell is uh, growing up going to church camp. You know, I went to church camp up in northern Indiana, and uh, the last night of church camp for us was always called into ministry night. And, uh, you know, the, the preacher would preach a message on what it means to be called into full-time ministry. And he would say, who here feels like God's pulling them into full-time ministry, calling them into full-time ministry? About 10% of the kids would raise their hand. The other 90% of us would sit there. The the 10% would go to the front. The the other 90% would gather around them and we would commission them to their call into full-time ministry. And I think no one intended this because there is something very unique and special about the ecclesiastical call into full-time ministry. There is something very unique about leading the church. Um, So this isn't to downgrade that calling, but I think we unintentionally created a a separation or a bifurcation Mm -hmm. where certain people were called and most of the rest of us were just destined to try to make our way through this secular world, maybe, you know, go out into heathen territory and harvest some assets that we could drag back and give to, you know, the real sacred work. And, And I think unintentionally we created this bifurcation or this separation between the sacred aspects of our life and the secular aspects. And most of us get up and go to work every day and don't see our work as having anything to do with this faith that we hold so dear. And so that that's what we're talking about, that really, because of the gospel, Colossians 1, 19 and 20, that the gospel redeems and resurrects all things, including the work of our hands, that all of us, whether we are called to ecclesiastical work in full-time ministry, the, the very special high calling of being a pastor in a local church context, or we're just called into the marketplace. All of those things are sacred when we when we see them within the scope of God's big story and uh, his uh, his redemptive narrative. And that's good. I mean, I've only been a Christian for about 20 years, about half my life, senior in high school. And even in that short amount of time, I've seen that same kind of thing. You know, yeah. who wants to go into ministry? Right. I think that was, that's brilliant. That, that could lead people to think that what I do outside of the church isn't important. Yeah. I loved what you were talking about on this Sunday about how important it was or how important it is to do your work for God's mission and, yeah. and living on that on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And you mentioned four biblical perspectives on work and I'll kind of read through them and, and uh, see if there's anything you kind of want to expand sure. on. Sure. But you said in the beginning there was work. Number one, number two, our work is part of God's story. Number three, when we work, we partner with God in the cultivation of his world. Number four, when we work, we fulfill the great commandment. Yeah. Yeah. I think that last one is really one of the things that we want to bring home. I mean, we talk a lot about, you know, I was a pastor for 12 years and I've been back in the marketplace for almost a decade now. And and I tell people, um, I don't feel like my, my job has changed. It's still uh, to preach the gospel, I'm just doing it from a different chair. You know, we're doing it from a different seat uh, on the bus. And so when we talk about the redemptive truth of the gospel, that when we really grasp in our hearts that Jesus' finished work has accomplished all of the things that we seek to, to make for ourselves, we seek to make a name for ourselves, we seek to, to build security for ourselves so, so we don't have to, so we can silence all of those voices inside of our heads, you know, that all of those insecurities. And I think 
we need to, to understand that the finished work of Christ, when Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished, that that's actually the starting place for my work. We don't work to achieve God's pleasure. We don't work to achieve a name for ourselves. We don't work to, to, to forge our own identity. That has already been dealt with. And so if I can awaken to that reality, then when I get up and go to work every day, I can say, instead of this job, isn't who I wanted to be this, you know, at this point in my life, I didn't want to, I wanted to be more important or I wanted to be richer. or I wanted, you know, all of these things I wanted the work to provide for me. I can say, look, I, I don't, I don't need any of those things anymore because everything I need in Christ, I already have. So we can exhale yeah. and we can say, all right, now my work, whether I love it or, you know, I've had some jobs that, <laughs> that I despise. Right. And yeah. I would like to go back. Some days I'd like to go back and and embrace those again just to see, you know, if I could do them more through a, a gospel lens. But if we realize everything we need in Christ, we already have, then I can get up and go to work every day when the alarm clock goes off tomorrow morning, I can say, I have an opportunity today to add value to the lives of other people, to add value to the world, to be a, a vice regent and, and to embrace my vocation, my calling in a way that honors God and serves people. Because all of those other things that I look for from my work, that my work can never provide for me, those have already been met in Christ Jesus. So now my work can become uh, that, that gospel renewed, you know, impactful reality that I can bring into uh, the everyday uh, of my life. Much like Andy, our, our regular host for this show, him and I both spent about, well, he spent a little bit longer than me, but I spent about a decade in television and local news. And I've thought many times about my last station that I worked at and yeah. how I have huge regrets and how I mm. lived mm. in that, that life. I didn't approach it with, this is one, I have a job. Yeah. Uh, two, looking back, I didn't feel like I always treated my coworkers yeah. the way they should have been treated. Right. Uh, I mean, I wasn't awful, but looking back, I just know I'm like, I, there were so many times where I wish I could have handled that situation better. And we all have those when we look back, but looking back and knowing that I missed a huge opportunity of working for God's mission and his, yeah. his path where he had me yeah. at that time. And, you know, there's so many things that brought me to that station that I, you know, I met my wife there mm. and that started my family and my whole trajectory changed, but I still approached that place as, I hate it here. Why am I like, <laughs> why do you have me here? Like this place is terrible. Yeah. There were so many eye-opening experiences during that, that were catalyst for huge change in my life. And sure. so like, I don't want people to miss, like you may be in a rough job now, of course. Yeah. but that doesn't mean there isn't glory in it. That something can still stick to you 10 years down the road. Yeah. We, you know, I, I want to be careful here not to, you know, uh, I mean, some jobs are are difficult. Some jobs are hard. Sometimes you're in a position you shouldn't be in and you should, you should leave. So that's, this isn't yeah, saying, exactly. you know, th but this is saying, I think because of the gospel's redemptive work, we can approach our work. We can reimagine our day, our everyday work, whether we love it, whether we hate it, whether it, you know, it's right where we want to be or whether we're, you know, trying to work our way up the corporate ladder. You know, I, I wish I could go back kind of like you, you were saying, you know, my early days in accounting, and I remember uh, one Christmas Eve being three stories up in a freezing cold warehouse, counting widgets, you know, uh, you know, putting them in, in take, taking them out of one box, putting a tick mark on a piece of paper and throwing them in another box and thinking, you know, this job is from the pit of hell. You know, I mean, this this is not this is not something that can be embraced as part of God's kingdom. But I think when we go back and we revisit those things through that lens and we can begin to see even through the, the littlest of moments, how we can glorify God 
and love our fellow man. You know, those widgets were important to that business and that business was important to those customers. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and, and I may have been so separated from that impact that I couldn't see it there. But I think if we can go back and reimagine the value that we're adding and see that even in those littlest of moments, we're loving our neighbor through the work of our hands. And that's not to say that all jobs are awesome, that all jobs are great, um, that all jobs should be fulfilling. We do experience this life through the brokenness of sin, you know, the thorns and thistles of Genesis chapter three. And so I think we have to accept that uh, as part of this as well, but it is just a reshaping and a reforming. And uh, I have some of those same stories myself. I wasn't going to mention this story, but it came to my mind. I was like, no, it's not appropriate. But then you mentioned Christmas Eve and I had a similar (laughs) Christmas Eve story when I was in television. I'll try to sum up really quickly because it's kind of a long story, but I was tasked to go get people walking into midnight mass, film them coming in Mm. Christmas Eve. My shift ended at midnight. Midnight mass doesn't start till midnight. So I was out late. I was already irritated <laughs> because I was ready just to go home. And then when you're recording video, a lot of times you don't talk and you don't want people to talk to you because then it overrides just the natural element that you're in. And I had this gentleman come up to me and he was just talking my ear off and I like wanted nothing to do with him. And I was just, I was like, leave me alone guy, without saying, <laughs> leave me alone. Uh, and he was just explained uh, how he had just lost his job and uh, his girlfriend just left him and he thinks he's going to lose his apartment or house because of now not having a job. And he just didn't know what to do. And I said, you know, man, I, I was unemployed for almost six months. Mm-hmm. I lost my job. It took me a long time, but I was able to find something They move on. He finally left me. I was like, finally, like I can finish my job. I can get home. <laughs> it was six months later, the phone's ringing in the newsroom and it's like, mm-hmm. nobody can hear the phone ringing. And I, I don't answer the phone because that's not my role. We had a, a team people answer that. And I finally answered. It could have been ringing for like five minutes. Right. I answer it. And the guy on the phone was like, hey, is Derek there? And I was like, uh, this is me? <laughs> this is really weird. And he's like, I don't know if you remember me. And he said his name. And I, I can't honestly remember the guy's name now. But he's like, I met you going into Midnight Mass mm. last Christmas. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I remember you. And he said, I wanted to thank you because that night after midnight mass, I was going to go home and take my own life. Oh my gosh. And I just sit there and I started crying in the newsroom, (laughs) but I gave that guy nothing. Yeah. And God had me in this job and put me in this situation that I should have been more readily available for this person. Mm. And even though I wasn't, God was still able to redeem the work that I was doing despite my own frustrations. Yeah. Uh, and so that was one of the things that I look back on. I was like, man, I wish I could have handled that better, but he still took care of it. Yeah. That's beautiful. One of the things Matt has mentioned in the past weeks for made for Mondays and you mentioned is that in the beginning there was work mm-hmm. even before the fall. Yeah. Why is that so important to hold on to as we approach our daily yeah. lives? I think it's vital because it shows us that work was God's idea. Right. And so I think so many of us, you know, statistics would say 85% of people hate their jobs, you know, 85%. So most of us don't look at work and think this was some beautiful, sacred God designed thing, right? Most of us are experiencing it through those thorns and thistles. And, um, and so I think it's really important to understand the original intent of something. Now it's been broken by sin, but it's also been redeemed by the gospel. And the story's not finished yet, right? So we kind of live in this moment, 
you know, uh, theologians call it the already, but not yet, right? Where we, we have the first tastes of God's kingdom, but it's not completely revealed and completely completed. And so we do experience our work in a broken way. But I think understanding that work was God's idea helps us understand that even though I may not enjoy it, all the time, even though I may not want to embrace my my current job or my current line of work, uh, even though I don't see the the spiritual significance of it, that this was God's idea for man to work was God's idea, and so I think everything else gets shaped from that, from understanding the original intent of our Creator, and so that's why I think that's an important uh, piece. If we were designed to work from the beginning, and our work is part of God. God's story. How do we keep work from becoming our idol? Well, what I don't want this message to become is some kind of guilt trip. Um, the truth of the matter is, on my best day, I am um, I'm, I'm redeemed by the gospel. Yes, but on my best day, I, I am still a fallen man in need of of grace. And so, I think it's really important to to understand that every day we need to wake up, preach the gospel to ourselves again, that this is not about uh, striving. Um, I, I hate my job, so there must be something wrong with my spiritual life. No, this is, this is a matter of getting up every day and remembering your need, remembering your dependence on the Lord, and uh, re-embracing our everyday work through that lens. It's, a, it's daily bread. The Lord gives us daily bread. And so I wanna make sure that we don't put more guilt on people by saying, you know, if you, if you don't like your job, then that means there's something wrong with your spiritual life. That, yeah. That's not what I'm saying here. This is uh, the, the gospel renewal has to come into our hearts each and every day. And we have to wake up each and every day and re-embrace Jesus' redemptive work in our life. So one of the things you said near the end of your message was talking about your father mm. and how he doesn't worship his business. Mm. So his business has become his worship. Yeah. And did you mean that like, because the way he approaches his business is the way he can worship our father? Yeah. 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 I think, you know, when you look, and of course my dad's, you know, in his late seventies now, um, I think as we get older, we tend to let go of some of those, uh, you know, those, those, some of those voices get quieter that we had when we were in our twenties and thirties that were like, you know, make a name for yourself. I got to matter. You know, like, I think you get to the, towards the end of your life and those perspectives just naturally inherently change. You become a little more comfortable with who you are. But I think what I mean by that is, you know, my dad could have spent the last 30 years of his life building businesses for himself. You know, he let go of all of that. And I don't think he would have ever articulated that. I don't think that was even something that he would have, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, been able to, to say to you back in the early nineties when he said, you know, I'm going to kind of leave all of this behind and I'm going to go spend the last 30 years of my life building a nonprofit that I'm not, you know, building assets that I don't own at the end. But I think in his heart was this desire to take all of the skills and all the abilities that God had given them and say, Lord, I just want to use them for your glory. Right. And so I think when we worship our work, then our, we need something from our work instead of being able to look at our work and saying, what can I give to others through my work? And I think that's kind of what I'm talking about when I, when I say, you know, we can worship with our work when we don't worship our work. I want to thank you for your time today. If you guys would like to take a step further, feel free to reach Andy at alinch at kingswaychurch.org, or you can text the word connect, C-O-N-N-E-C-T, to 317-565-4911. 
Again, connect to 317-565-4911 and one of our staff members will reach out to you and figure out how we can move you along your faith journey. God bless. Mm-hmm.